The Twonky, by Henry Kettner and C.L. Moore. Part 1 The turnover at Mideastern Radio was so great that Mickey Lloyd couldn't keep track of his men. Employees kept quitting and going elsewhere at a higher salary. So when the big-headed little man in overalls wandered vaguely out of a storeroom, Lloyd took one look at the brown dungaree suit, company provided, and said mildly, The whistle blew half an hour ago. Up to work. Work. The man seemed to have trouble with the word. Drunk. Lloyd, in his capacity as foreman, couldn't permit that. He flipped away his cigarette, walked forward, and sniffed. No, it wasn't liquor. He peered at the badge on the man's overalls. 204. Mm-hmm. Are you new here? New. Huh? The man rubbed a rising bump on his forehead. He was an odd-looking little chap, bald as a vacuum tube with a pinched, pallid face and tiny eyes that held dazed wonder. Come on, Joe, wake up! Lloyd was beginning to sound impatient. You work here, don't you? Joe, said the man thoughtfully. Work. Yes, I work. I make them. His words ran together oddly, as though he had a cleft palate. With another glance at the badge, Lloyd gripped Joe's arm and ran him through the assembly room. Here's your place. Hop to it. Know what to do. The other drew his scrawny body erect. I am expert, he remarked. Make them better than Pumthwank. Okay, Lloyd said. Make them, then. And he went away. The man called Joe hesitated, nursing the bruise on his head. The overalls caught his attention, and he examined them wonderingly. Where? Oh, yes. They had been hanging in the room from which he had first emerged. His own garments had naturally dissipated during the trip. What trip? Amnesia, he thought. He had fallen from the... the something, when it slowed down and stopped. How odd this huge machine-filled barn looked. It struck no chord of remembrance. Amnesia, that was it. He was a worker. He made things. As for the unfamiliarity of his surroundings, that meant nothing. He was still dazed. The clouds would lift from his mind presently. They were beginning to do that already. Work. Joe scuttled around the room, trying to goad his faulty memory. Men in overalls were doing things, simple, obvious things, but how childish. How elemental. Perhaps this was a kindergarten. After a while, Joe went out into a stockroom and examined some finished models of combination radio phonographs. So that was it. Awkward and clumsy, but it wasn't his place to say so. No. His job was to make twonkies. Twonkies. The name jolted his memory again. Of course... He knew how to make twonkies. He'd made them all his life. He'd been specially trained for the job. 
Now they were using a different model of Twonky, but what the hell? Child's play for a clever workman. Joe went back into the shop and found a vacant bench. He began to build a Twonky. Occasionally he slipped off and stole the material he needed. Once, when he couldn't locate any tungsten, he hastily built a small gadget and made it. His bench was in a distant corner, badly lighted, though it seemed quite bright to Joe's eyes. Nobody noticed the console that was swiftly growing to completion there. Joe worked very, very fast. He ignored the noon whistle, and at quitting time, his task was finished. It could, perhaps, stand another coat of paint. It lacked the shimmer tone of a standard twonky. But none of the others had shimmer tone. Joe sighed, crawled under the bench, looked in vain for a relaxo pad, and went to sleep on the floor. A few hours later, he woke up. The factory was empty. Odd. Maybe the working hours had changed. Maybe... Joe's mind felt funny. Sleep had cleared away the mists of amnesia, if such it had been, but he still felt dazed. Muttering under his breath, he sent the Twonky into the stockroom and compared it with the others. Superficially, it was identical with a console-radio-phonograph combination of the latest model. Following the pattern of the others, Joe had camouflaged and disguised the various organs and reactors. He went back into the shop. Then the last of the mists cleared from his mind. Joe's shoulders jerked convulsively. Great Snell, he gasped. So that was it. I ran into a temporal snag. With a startled glance around, he fled to the storeroom from which he had first emerged. The overalls he took off and returned to their hook. After that, Joe went over to a corner, felt around in the air, nodded with satisfaction, and seated himself on nothing, three feet above the floor. Then, Joe vanished. Mm -hmm.